Hello, and welcome to the Thinking Elixir podcast, where we cover the news of the community and learn from each other. My name is Mark Erickson. I'm Cade Ward. And I'm David Bernheisel. We are now just returning from vacations as school is kicking off, and we hope you've had a great summer as well. But that means we're just going to be covering the news today as we're still getting back into the groove of things and getting things all set up for more Elixir interviews and discussions. But today we just wanted to cover the news. So let's get into that. All right. First up, we got Wojtek Mach who teased a new Livebook desktop feature with a screenshot. He does that. He like he puts out a screenshot and then he says nothing. <laughs> he just has an, an eyes emoji, emoji. So you have to look. You have to, And sometimes you have to search for it. Like, what's new here? I'm looking for the new thing. And I found it. And what he says is that it displays the Livebook desktop icon, right, which I think already exists on Mac and on Windows. But in the dropdown now, there's a new item called Check for Updates. Hey, that's a nice little update, nice little quality of life thing, because they do update that quite often. So always good to have the latest and greatest. Glad they got a mechanism in there now. And next up, just wanted to pass on that we saw a new five-minute daily Elixir newsletters being launched by Philip Brown and Richard Taylor. Now, we've had Philip Brown on the show before to talk about some cool things that he's been working on. So it's called ElixirMerge.com. And at the time of this recording, it hasn't yet started with the first emails that are being sent out. So we'll just have to see how that goes. All right, next up, we got Supabase, a platform that caters to JavaScript developers, but it is written in Elixir. And they shared some news today about their new Supervisor, Supervisor. Oh, oh man, Supervisor. That's what I want to say now. Supervisor <laughs> architecture. And they credit Jose Valim and the Dashbit team for their help on it because they, they credit the ability to create it because uh, of Elixir. And I'm sure they also got some, um, some advice. But what they created is a cloud native connection pooler for Postgres. So think like PG Bouncer. And they reference it in their uh, blog post that explains what's going on here. And what they're trying to make here is something that scales to millions of database connections, which is sounds pretty sounds pretty great. Um, they had some issues with PG Bouncer uh, being single threaded. I think that was the start of their issues with it. And so they sought out a, another pooling solution and they looks like they built their own. And this is using Elixir underneath. A lot more details in their blog post, which we'll have a link to it. But congrats, Supabase, on your supervisor <laughs> products and <laughs> connection pooler. This this sounds really great. Yeah, what I love about that is that they are using Elixir as a superpower to deliver a platform for another ecosystem that doesn't have that ability available to them, right? It's like they don't have the beam, they don't have OTP, they don't have like the processes. Yeah. And I forgot to mention it is also open source. So what? Yeah. That's pretty that's pretty nifty. That is cool. And next up, Livebook is joining the online SpawnFest competition as a sponsor. So Livebooks also sponsored the 2022 SpawnFest. And what that meant is a number of projects were focused on Livebook features for their development work. And the sponsorship consists of $750 in Amazon gift cards. So that would be something that would be won by the different teams as a prize for, you know, uh, best or first, second, third, whatever, honorable mention, however they do that. I'm always excited to see what comes out of SpawnFest because there's always really cool ideas that people play with. Yeah, super cool stuff. I never know what to expect. <laughs> it's always pretty cool. 
Alex Kupos shared a PSA, and honestly, I could have done this too because I ran into the same exact issue. Here's the PSA. Heads up to anyone running Elixir 1.15 plus OTB26. I think it's it's really about OTB26 here. And I'm not sure that it's actually about Alpine like Linux, but that's where it seems to be cropping up, probably about Alpine. I don't think anyone really knows yet for sure. The issue is that there seems to be a stack overrun or stack heap overrun seg fault or something that happens, and it's a little bit irregular. I actually ran into this myself, and I can't reproduce it, but it always happens, Like, but I can't reproduce it like to force it happen. Anyway, a lot of other folks seem to be running into it as well. There's an open issue. We have a link to it uh, on the OTP GitHub repository, and... I don't know. I, I just can't say that it is because of Alpine yet. Not until they close the issue and really know for sure, but that seems to be a common thread. I want to say that I saw somebody else on Debian that had the same issue, mm. but I'm not sure. If you have any insight, we have a link to the GitHub issue where you can put in put into your insight. Yeah, that is interesting that you say is not necessarily easy to reproduce because some people are reporting that it works okay in Alpine 3.18 it didn't for me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I was on 3.16, upgraded to 3.18, let it run and prod for a while. And uh, no, the same same thing happened. It still still ran into it. But I haven't deployed uh, with with a Debian-based one because when you switch out the OS like that, it's... It's, it's pretty major. It's kind of, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a large, uh, risky change. So I want to roll that out a little bit more isolated. But maybe somebody else there has a smaller app less risk averse <laughs> and they can report on that a little bit more reliably but but yeah definitely otp26 seems to have an issue here downgrading to the latest otp25 definitely didn't exhibit this issue i think this is more about otp26 than it is the latest elixir yeah anyway thanks to alex kubmos for popping that out into twitter land and sharing that because yeah some some folks might be experiencing that and now they know they're not alone that's right Fly.io. It's a great place to run Elixir apps with many global regions, a private network that makes it easy to cluster your app, and a powerful CLI. It's something you should really try out. Experience it for yourself at fly.io. And next up, Steve Bussey shared a fun Ecto tip on Twitter. So it all came out of Alex Kutmos originally sharing an Ecto tip about schema introspection. What Steve was saying is, hey, I have an actual fun use case that I actually really use this for. And I thought this is really clever. He shares a code snippet that grabs all the schemas in his application that have a team ID field. And then he uses that in his test suite to guarantee that team ID is indexed on all of those schemas. It's just fun because you're using your tests to dynamically check for the existence of an index in your database, because as people add more tables and more relations, they're going to be linking on this thing, which probably team ID is probably like one of those central things in his application. So it'd be a way of proactively looking for that kind of problem where you're missing an index and performance would become an issue. So I thought that was really cool. Very nice. All right. Next up, we got next LS. Next up, we have next LS. I'm going to make a point to do that every time now. <laughs> <laughs> Next LS is a, I, I, I presume it's called Next because it's a next generation language server protocol implementation for Elixir by a good friend, Mach. That's what I'll call him. 
So the update is that he's now using Burrito to distribute binaries instead of relying on Mix.install. Mix.install was very clever, I thought. So, uh, but apparently it has a couple of issues there. And so they're, yeah, switched over to Burrito, which is pretty nice. And there's also, oh, I might be reporting on this too early, but there is an in-progress PR for supporting the hover function in LSPs. The hover function is really about showing documentation. And I, I, I rely on, I got to have that. And I think... That might be, once that's implemented, that might be the last roadblock for me to use something like Next.ls. Also in this latest update is that it now supports find references lookup. So if you have a function, you want to see what uses it, now you can do a lookup for that. So really nice. Next.ls is shaping up quite quickly. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. And next up, Jose Valim drew attention to something that was interesting, and it took me a little bit of digging into like trying to figure out what is this so jose said how this project allows you to compile elixir code down to ebpf so it logs which processes are force killed in linux and it's using a library called honey potion so obviously that's going to ask the next question what is ebpf (laughs) (laughs) never heard of this apparently it was released in 2014 so it's almost 10 years old But according to a quick Google search, it is a, quote, technology that can run sandbox programs in a privileged context, such as an operating system kernel. It is used to safely and efficiently extend the capabilities of the kernel at runtime without requiring to change kernel source code or load kernel modules. All right. (laughs) Cool. What I think that means is it's like a, a more of a system level tool where it lets me sandbox something that I want to have a much greater insight into and like debug a live kind of system is what I think it's letting you do. Yeah. Well, Google uses it. Netflix uses it. Shopify uses it. Cloudflare uses it. So therefore I must use it. (laughs) (laughs) You just don't know how you're missing out on, right? That's, that's what it is. I'm, I'm missing the train, the eBPF train. Well, apparently Elixir is not though. So that's great news. All right. Hey, next up, Elixir is gaining some more helpful error messages when referencing modules and more so about referencing modules that you haven't quite like, you know, typed out correctly. (laughs) So good friend Dave Lucia upgraded the error message when a function is not found so that the specific error is undefined function error. And this is just probably going to happen when you're developing locally or something and you run a test and you realize, whoops, I didn't alias it or whoops, I... I, I, I spelled out emum instead of enum. <laughs> so, for example, you've written some code assuming a module is already kind of there, available. Uh, and, the, and the error message will now suggest five or so modules that have that function implemented on a module that, that might be named that way. So it's, it's just another example of good error messaging to help you get to green tests more quickly and not having to guess what's going on. And next up, Jason Stibbs wrote a blog post called Let's Search All of Elixir's Packages. He wrote an article that's on the Fly blog about how he did this and some of the work that went into it. But even better, he shares a new tool that he created to try to make Elixir's hex docs more searchable. And this is actually just a tool that's useful for the whole community. And you can search, of course, by packages. But more interesting, you can search by module or even function name. It's all built in a live view interface and is super snappy, really nice to use. So like you can type in like sleep, you'll see among the lists like function, which is process.sleep, 
from the Elixir documentation, but you're also seeing other libraries that are around sleep-oriented functions. So it's just really cool. I just want to make sure people were aware of this resource as a community searching tool, but also check out his blog post on what he had to do to build it. All right, last up. This is not really about Elixir, but might be adjacent to you. HashiCorp goes business source license, which might affect some of us. I'm not sure yet. We'll see how it plays out. When the news breaks that some big, you know, open source product goes business source license, folks seem to get a little upset. But on the other hand, I, I understand, you know, I, I, I don't know where I sit on this, but uh, I got a link over to the register. Now, normally I don't get my news from the register, but they tend to have a little extra flavor. And I yearned for a little extra flavor today <laughs> when it came to HashiCorp and Terraform. This matters more for infrastructure users. So if you if you find yourself in that industry or, or using a, a lot of HashiCorp tools, you might need to look at the license again and make sure that it's compatible for you. I think it matters more for folks that are selling infrastructure as a solution or infrastructure orchestration, something along those lines. And Terraform is a really popular tool in that space. So if any of that intersects with your life and your business, you might need to go check that out again, though I'm sure you've already heard about it. It seems to be pretty big news. But I wanted to repeat that here in case you haven't heard of it. Well, that's all the news for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you'll join us next time on Thinking Elixir.